it's Chelsea here and welcome to the Anima Admas podcast where you'll be joining me in driving discussions to bring the conversation of sustainability to the forefront of the fashion industry. This week we'll do a little bit of traveling and we are crossing the Atlantic Ocean to chat with Emily Gorski in Florida who is the conscious creative and elephant whisperer behind her slow fashion loungewear brand the Elephant Room. As a self-taught seamstress, Emily hand sews all of her pieces from either secondhand materials or industry cutoffs, but a term she likes to call these waste materials are her rescued fabrics, which is a term I absolutely adore. With every order, Emily donates a percentage of her proceeds to help protect elephants from around the world. And today she'll be sharing with you her journey so far in how she went from starting her label during lockdown to now being able to sponsor her first elephant in Thailand named Tilly. I want to say mad mad love to everyone who has supported the show so far and please don't forget to follow the show and leave a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or I'll be so so grateful if you share the show on your social media platforms because then that way I can also connect and thank you all personally. I know you guys are absolutely gonna love Emily um, because I have never met someone or like digitally meet someone who is as passionate about elephants as Emily. And so without further ado, let's jump right into the call. Hey Emily, welcome to the Anima Animus podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Good morning. (laughs) How's it going? How is Florida? It is getting hot again. (laughs) It's early here. How's everything over there? Yeah, actually we've got so much rain this past week and to be fair, it's it's very typical of England. (laughs) Yeah, we get some pretty like gnarly storms here. Pretty, pretty much every day at this point. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. Ooh. It's just hot and humid all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's so intense. Amazing. So we always start the episode with a little game and it's called AA Assumptions. And that's when I say three statements and you reply if you think it's true or false and why. So you ready? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> cool. So the first statement is the fashion industry holds an expensive price tag uh true definitely um if you think about like the industry as a whole and like all the resources that we use um there's just an incredible amount that we use to to that goes into the fashion industry uh between you know like land you know even for like the the cotton to grow and stuff like that um they use pesticides um that destroy you know, the soil and the nutrients in the soil. Um, and uh, there's there's a documentary called uh, The True Cost. It's an awesome documentary. Um, and they talk about the Ranov Plaza collapse. And it was this devastating event. Um, and tons of people died. And uh, in that specific case, you know, the fashion industry actually cost them their lives. So uh, the general impact to our planet and even us, you know, like, we actually, we just can't afford it, you know? Um, I read that on August 22nd, we passed our natural resource budget. Uh, It's called Earth Overshoot Day. Um, This year, we actually went 23 days later than last year. And that was simply because of, you know, COVID and the shutdowns and everything like that. But um, technically, you know, we are out of resources for 2020 already. So yeah, (laughs) true. (laughs) Crazy, crazy facts. So the second statement is fast fashion brands are the culprits for greenwashing campaigns. Uh, True, 
Um, so if anybody was unfamiliar with greenwashing, uh, it's basically when a brand uh, markets and advertises around being a sustainable brand, uh, but their, you know, their practices and their structure uh, run counter. Uh, it's called greenwashing. Um, so fast fashion brands were kind of in the first group to kind of like earn this label, if you will. Um, it was kind of coined in the 80s. Um, and, you know, to be sustainable, you know, it's, it's not just about like the environment, you know, it's, it's taking into consideration, you know, the factories where these clothes are made and the human beings that are actually making them, you know, not using, you know, child labor and stuff like that. And obviously the materials used and how that affects the planet. Um, you know, brands use, you know, these advertising like green fonts and they'll put like green leaves on things as like marketing techniques to, um, you know, try and make it seem like they're doing it, but it, it's a lie basically. So then the third statement is, there needs to be a lot more action in protecting our animals and wildlife. True or false? Uh, true. Um, you know, everything has a cause and effect, you know, and even consequences. In order to protect our wildlife and animals, we really need to take care of our planet first, right? Because without a proper environment, uh, the planet's not able to sustain life. The article that I posted a few weeks ago was like super sad, but you know, um, there were all these elephants that had died. And, um, you know, at first you'd think that it would be poachers, but then they were found like with their tusks. So they were able to like rule that out, which, you know, you think, all right, cool, you know, but then obviously, you know, that's an, an environmental issue. Um, so because of climate change and the water that they drink getting warmer, it's, you know, growing as algae, which is basically poison. And that was the cause of death, you know, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's all connected, you know, like we need to take personal responsibility for our actions, you know, or every move because it affects everything around us. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree. So for our listeners who may not have come across you or your work, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and why you started The Elephant Room? Sure. Um, so I grew up in Pennsylvania in the mountains. <laughs> I was a gymnast and uh, I taught myself how to sew when I was like 10, maybe 11. Um, it was an upcycle. I got this like piece of fabric at the remnant store and I made these like big triangular inserts for the bottom of a pair of pants I had and made these like really cool bell bottoms. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, after that, I was like a gymnast and a, a cheerleader and all that stuff. I played flute, sorry. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I guess out of high school, I started going to like a lot of uh, like music festivals and like live shows and stuff like that. And kind of had like this whole new take on like fashion and like festival fashion and stuff. So um, mm-hmm. I just kind of always have been sewing, I guess. Um, I've done anything from like drapery to costumes um, before quarantine. I was actually working for Cirque du Soleil, which was super cool. Um, But yeah, I had a a trip to Thailand uh, for my birthday. Um, And since uh, lockdown and everything happened, obviously it got canceled. So I was home, you know, and I've always wanted to do something like for, you know, for like my crafting and my sewing and like for elephants too. So um, it kind of just, seemed like the right time and so yeah the elephant room was born (laughs) amazing yeah um 
because when you reached out to me and you said about your passion for elephants and then how you managed to sponsor your first Ellie and I was like oh my god yep I definitely have to talk to you about <laughs> everything and how you get um everything all your passions like merging together you yeah. know so cohesively that's kind of what it is like it's like a it's like a bundle of my passions you know it's like yeah. it's like sewing and then it's the elephants and then you know obviously like the environment is super important to me um and you know it's kind of also like like a like a like a place you know like the elephant room like it's my like little like safe place <laughs> to like create you know and all that stuff yeah exactly so for our listeners who haven't come across like the brand specifically could you describe to us what type of products you create sure um i essentially make comfortable things (laughs) that people feel comfortable in um obviously like i said being home you know had an influence on what i was doing like you know work from home and stuff like that i just you know i'm home everybody's home and you know, um, I wanted to make something sustainable that is cool, that I think is cool. You know, there's lots of cool stuff out there, but I wanted to, you know, make things that like really like reflected me. Um, and yeah, things you want to just kind of generally take care of forever, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think before we also, because I'm so eager to always learn about your passion for elephants, and I'm sure everyone else (laughs) would, but let's stick to so far, like the sustainability side of everything that you do. So with like your comfortable materials, um, where do you source these? So the materials that I used in the beginning was what was available, you know, um, it's dead stock fabric, you know, so there's, you know, minor flaws or damage to it. Um, but the fabric is, you know, obviously thorough inspected by me and, and washed, you know, I pick it out, you know, um, and I always make samples and like test out everything, you know, in the wearability, just because, you know, sometimes I don't know where it's come from, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but I am currently, switching over to um, 100% organic cotton uh, simply just because I've had time to kind of just do more research, you know, and, and you know, educate myself more and, and learn more about how to make a more sustainable brand. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Amazing. And also when we spoke about this a little bit before, I loved how you name your materials as rescued fabrics. Cause oh, I yeah, think yeah. that is, yeah, it's such a cute term. Um, I think it's definitely, yeah, it just embodies everything, what you, you're trying to do and how you're gonna try to save like the waste and the overproduction. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, essentially, I mean, it's, it's the rescued fabric thing. It's like, you know, it is being saved from landfills, you know? So, you know, it, it, I, I'm still, you know, doing good, but the the idea of organic cotton to me just seems um, well, <laughs> mainly mm-hmm. because I uh, I, I want to have more control of the colors too. You know, when I source fabric, I, I don't always have control over you know what's available. So I'm basically just buying a blank canvas at, with the with the organic cotton. Yeah, and I know you mentioned a little bit about how maybe people might see that old. Um, fabric can be unclean and such and there's other like stigmas associated with dead stock or secondhand fabric so how do you go about overcoming this issue and these idea of you know your rescued fabrics might be unsafe or unclean well I feel like you know because the fabric that I use 
is from you know other other companies and other brands this was stuff that they saw unusable so uh, i feel like a lot of the fabric that we're we're wearing there's a, a possibility that part of it part of this fabric went to a a, a jobber or something to mm-hmm. you know have fabric um, bought and resold so i think it's kind of like it's not like the same you know but um i wouldn't say it's dirty by any means just because like i said like you know I, I i definitely like i look through it and i wash it and i work with it as much as possible you know if any if for any reason it didn't wear the way i wanted it to in a sample i just don't use it simply mm-hmm. because i kind of have a standard you know i don't want to yeah. you know sell anything ever that you know i'm not completely proud of i always say like my my stitch is my signature um, yeah. because it's really important to me too that like, you know, I'm not just making clothing, you know, I'm, I'm trying to like be something that's really sustainable and behind that, like have a cause. Yeah. The elephants, obviously. <laughs> it's all for the bellies. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. What about then, how do you use the little scraps then? Like I'm sure there's pieces that can't fit into your main end product. Yeah, for sure. Um, I actually have like a, a big like bucket of scraps, you know, when you cut a shape, you know, sometimes you're unable to like utilize mm-hmm. the entire piece of material. So I save everything. <laughs> um, there is very small things that I couldn't use, but I plan to make things with that. Um, I've used scraps to make, you know, appliques and things like that. Um, I know that um, going forward, I'm kind of working on a little stamp and logo action. Yeah. And so all of the organic cotton scraps that I'm going to be using are going to be purposed for that. If I can't make a pocket out of it or something, there'll be a clothing tag. So mm. always think about how to like use as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. What about um, your packaging? How does that look like? Ooh, my packaging. Okay. <laughs> um, so <laughs> yes, my packaging. Um, I'm so excited about it. Right now, the mailers that I use are made from recycled materials and they're biodegradable. Then I have stickers, obviously. I have flower seeds in small organza bags that can, you know, be reused. Um, the flower seeds are good for bees uh, because <laughs> save the bees too. Then yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I have like thank you cards that I write out um, and they are on plantable paper. So they're handmade um with more seeds in those um and then i have like these little tickets that i've been putting in to every package uh there's artwork that's drawn by a girl um who i follow that makes cards and she's awesome and then i've been like numbering them so i kind of have a little thing i'm gonna do after i give out so many of those because um you know i want to always you know, show appreciation to the people that have helped me get these elephants, you know, the Mm. sponsoring and stuff like that. But I haven't exactly announced anything on that yet. (laughs) I just told people to save them. So yeah, but overall, just like efforts to be low carbon footprint, you know, as gentle to the planet as possible. And a lot of these things are, you know, subject to change just because um, there's always ways to improve and and less of a a burden to the planet in any way. I mean, I, I know, like, when I open a package, you know, like, I love like, like what's going to be inside, you know? So I just, on top of whatever would be coming to you in the mail, I want it to arrive and just be like, oh, well, like there's, you know, like a goodie bag, like I said. Yeah, exactly. It's like the experience because obviously we were limited to going out 
So having yeah, that exactly. experience come to you is yeah. so, so special. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So what's been your favorite project or piece to make so far? So I think like before the elephant room, uh, my favorite piece that I made was this long kind of vest um it has a big hood on it it's got like this robe closure and these big pockets the whole thing is reversible um and yeah it's super cool it's got a really cool print on it um and I actually made it from a couch material no way (laughs) so yeah it's super heavy um and definitely can't wear it in Florida but (laughs) um definitely oh it's always on my mannequin because it's just like it's just my favorite like thing like my mm-hmm. my favorite full piece um I guess now um I guess it sounds cliche but like every everything's been my favorite just because I'm like so connected to every single thing you know I'm never going to be mass producing anything I'll always have time to like work with every single pattern and piece of fabric and you know now that I'm starting to dye them too it's like I'm kind of like building a, a story you know like mm-hmm. everyone has its own so um so currently not a favorite although i did just do these like natural dyed tank tops and (laughs) they came out really cool for the first time so uh yeah i'm I'm trying to like it's been hard to sleep sometimes i'm like oh should i start like making a dye for tomorrow or like (laughs) should i soak a color because you know the hardest part is like waiting you know because it has to be done a lot of patience is required to like let it sit and absorb the color so it's actually better that I do it at night so I can like sleep through waiting for all of that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, that's so, so crazy how you turned couch material into a wearable piece of garment. Yeah, I'll have to post it because I had it on my old Instagram, but I haven't had a chance to share it yet or have a reason to share it. Oh my gosh, like, hey, you have this to. couch I did. <laughs> no, yeah. you have to now because then I'll put it on the show notes for everyone to see. Okay, okay. <laughs> check out our couch vest yeah, <laughs> yeah. cool <laughs> awesome so for those who are new or beginning to learn more about the sustainability space how would you advise them on getting started um i guess like the easy things that i did and do all the time um obviously like a water bottle um i feel like it's just kind of the first move you make when you start and like starts to make you realize like all right no more water bottles you know um i switched to bar soaps um they obviously smell really good they last a lot longer and um you know they're usually like wrapped in paper if at all and you like support small businesses and stuff so Mm. it's like kind of fun to like switch to like things like that i have a reusable straw like all the time um it comes in a tin which is I don't know, it makes it cool to like leave on the table because then also I remember to bring the straw with me. <laughs> but, Does the um, straw come into the tin? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, like a, cool. it looks like a little uh I don't know if you have Altoids over there, but it looks like a little like Altoids like tin. And it's purple. It's so cool. Um, oh purple. Yeah. Yay. My <laughs> yeah. fave. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, you know, I guess as far as like sustainability, you know, like aside from like our closets, you know, the most waste comes from our kitchen and our bathrooms, you know. Mm-hmm. And we can think, you know, it's just, you know, it's just one plastic bottle or it's just one, you know, plastic bag, you know, and I think if we start to like retrain ourselves to think like, well, it's not just one, it's a, it's a plastic bag or it's a 
water bottle, you know, um, because unfortunately it all accumulates. Um, the reusable bag thing is definitely uh, huge just because um, we use so many of those like every second. And, um, you know, if you don't have a reusable bag, you know, like bring a book bag or something, you know, like, or even like reusing the ones that we already have, because I think everybody has uh, like a, just a bag of bags in their house somewhere. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's kind of like sad, but like, it's like, like they're free, you know, like everywhere here. I mean, there's some places that use paper only or, you know, but I, I worked in Spain and, you know, we would run into town and do grocery shopping and stuff. And, uh, you know, they, they, they didn't just give you bags, you know, and everybody there either, you know, paid the extra 15 cents or they considered carrying things. And like, I think that should be something that we like normalize because like, you know, it, it's literally like the only thing that's free is plastic bags. And it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of sad, you know, we have to kind of be more conscious about the way that we consume and stuff. Yeah, it's that initiation somehow. Yeah, yeah. it's like a catalyst. Yeah, because here we only had the, the plastic bag fee um, only introduced like a few years ago. So since then there was so like, I mean, at first people were obviously really mad about it. They were like, why do I have to spend another 5p for like all my groceries? Yep. I'm like, well, you're not clearly thinking why are you? Yeah. <laughs> but after that, like you realize, you know, like the importance of um, plastic being really damaging to the environment. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, you know, if you told like, you know, grocery stores and stuff like, hey, you want to, you want to save like you know, thousands and thousands of dollars a year, like stop supplying plastic bags, you know, because mm -hmm. they ultimately do spend money, you know, for the convenience of us to carry our things. And like, you know, even like straws at restaurants, it's like, if you just, we don't need them, you know, mm -hmm. if you don't supply them, then nobody complains. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'm not using a straw today, you know? So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like also their upper sort of like corporations or governments doing a little bit more as well. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So then also going on to my favorite part is the love for elephants. And yeah, so do you want to tell us a little bit about how this passion for animals came about and particularly how, why elephants? Why, why this <laughs> beautiful creature? I feel like that's like the million dollar question. <laughs> um, I tell everybody that has ever asked me this. Um, I loved elephants since the day I was born. <laughs> Sounds so crazy, but you know, they uh, they dressed me up in a, a pink beanie and a little pink t-shirt uh, to take my baby picture. And on the shirt was a little basket with these elephants. <laughs> and it said, uh, good things come in small packages or something like that. And Aww. you know, the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> like, you know, book reports of like fifth grade and like, you know, every gift I've ever received, you know, elephant, you name it, you know, I'm super easy to shop for. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, just tying that back into like what I'm doing now, I, uh, again, like the Thailand thing fell through, which, you know, obviously completely understood. Um, but wanting to do something while I'm still here. So um, from every order, I, uh, I donate $5 to elephant sanctuaries and um, looking into like anti-poaching organizations as well um, to just kind of do something from from where I am and uh, was super proud to say that like on, uh, on in la last month I uh, sponsored 
the first elephant. Um, her name's Tilly and she's awesome. She's like 40 and she had a ton of owners uh, before she got to um, the Elephant Nature Park. And um, so yeah, we, we sponsored her for six months and it was super cool. Um, it was actually a place that I was supposed to um, visit when I went there. Um, so yeah, and I hope that like in the future, you know, I hope that like I can do, you know, more, like I can get even closer to the elephants. So mm. we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, you're <laughs> destined with the elephants since birth. <laughs> no, I'm like the crazy elephant lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it. So how else do you try and integrate this love for animals into your brand? Well, I, like, I guess like every way that I can, um, you know, like I said, like in my packaging, I have, you know, the, the flower seeds, you know, and that's like to promote bees, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I, and I, I shouldn't even say it, but like, I have like a little paper, you know, it goes inside and it says, uh, plant me where the bees buzz. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like, like, I don't even care where you put them, like just get them outside and, you know, cause you know, save the bees and, and save everything, you know, it's, it's like, um, elephants are like my, my focus just because that's like where my, my deepest passion lies, mm. you know, but in any way possible, you know, um, just trying to, you know, just be conscious about, you know, how I move and like how it affects and stuff. And actually I had a really cool message the other day. Um, I had ordered something from this girl who's super awesome. And, uh, she had messaged me and she said that, she is now going to be donating to save the whales and oh. i inspired her and it meant the world to me because it's like those little those little yeah. things mean so much you know because it's like um yeah like i'm i'm doing something and i love it and like other people are doing things and they love those things too and you know just to to be able to to influence somebody else you know it's ah, it felt good that was a good one yeah that's amazing <laughs> must have been so good to just read that yeah yeah save whales save the elephants save the turtles save the bees, save the... <laughs> save, save it all just save it all, save it all. <laughs> amazing um what's next for the elephant room is there any projects or kind of things that we should look out for Ooh. okay so yeah what's next i guess what i'm currently working on um again organic cotton and i'm making all these dyes um it's like it's so cool because obviously everything is going to be made by nature, which is what I'm titling mm -hmm. this uh, collection that I'll be working on. Everything will be hand dyed with, you know, just organic materials and things like that. Yeah. And yeah, it, I love the natural dye thing um, side story, but like I was a glass blower for a while and um, you know, you could take a color and depending on, you know, the ratio of the gases, you know, the propane and the oxygen that you use, mm -hmm. you can turn one color into multiple colors to a degree. And um, natural dyeing is like all like pH balance based. So you have the alkaline and, you know, the acidic and stuff like that. And so I, you know, when I say I'm like building a palette, you know, there's like a lot of like, there's like a ton of like testing and stuff that I've been yeah. doing just because it took me like all day to get a blue <laughs> one day. It was like, it was green, it was gray. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what, what is happening? But then I finally got it. So I've got a couple colors working right now. Um, and then I guess like in the future, you know, um, just kind of like keep learning and improving on how to be more sustainable and things like that. Um, like I said, I, I, there's always improvements that I could make, you know? Um, and yeah, I, uh, I would like to like in the future, you know, 
like have like a legit like elephant room like a place where um you know like people can come and like either like make something like dye something mm. with me or like make dyes with me or something i don't know i i haven't like i guess i thought about it a lot but there's just like so many like things that i want to do because this is like so exciting but like i definitely see um some kind of like i don't know some, like a place like i see like you know more than just like this this place that i am now i see it being like a bigger place for like even like education you know just because like i've learned a lot you know yeah. in being here and doing this and um it's you know really propelled me to live differently you know and um you know to not be an influencer but to influence people you know and and to to live like you know more simply or, or consume more consciously and stuff like that I had another message recently mm. and somebody told me that because of you know my posts and like the the education um you know they they now are like disgusted by fast fashion because they know what that is now mm. and I was like oh my gosh I was like yes like win yeah. you know so keep doing stuff like that you know that's definitely a I don't know it's like those little things you know like those little random messages that I've never saw coming you know like it's like it's like fuel you know yeah. yes all right cool. it's, keep going it's keep good. going and it's like yeah that'll be so cool to bring um people together in one space and just bounce off like that energy the vibe and just like learn and grow yeah. together yeah like once you, I feel like once you once you learn it you can't unlearn it once you see it you can't unsee it so when when you start doing the little things and shopping ethically and and just becoming aware it's almost like a like an eco awakening mm. if you will <laughs> like, uh so yeah it's 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 yeah so that the, the future definitely involves like a lot of yeah like bringing people together and i hope that we can you know obviously um but this is definitely a future thing i just have a habit of being like 100 miles an hour all the time mm. so and your plan tomorrow <laughs> so yeah that sounds so cool it's also the elephant room a play on the saying um yeah yeah sure yeah the elephant in the room yeah like that kind of awkward thing you know <laughs> um I feel like for a while I, w I wanted to post like a lot of things you know but you know I I want to tread lightly and keep the focus on like the elephants of the planet but um yeah no just kind of just putting it there mm. all of these things like environmental issues and again our consumer habits and and the fast fashion industry and it's it's because you know it like i said before like it's all connected and um so yeah here i am <laughs> yeah so that leads on to the last bit of um the show and that is when we open it up for questions and i've got one from shira in london and she asks have you ever tried any vegan fashion products and what's your thoughts on vegan products as a more sustainable alternative i haven't tried any specific vegan fashion brands um i've been making my own clothes and i really like love doing that um i wouldn't be opposed to trying anything you know pineapple leather seems like so cool um but i, I love to see that these brand, like brands are like making efforts and are you know kind of basing their whole structure around you know vegan alternatives to fashion as well because you know when you think of vegan you think of you know food right mm. like that's the first thing i think of um but you know there's there's other vegan things too and, and fashion is definitely um one of them you know uh so yeah 
Yeah, I think it's definitely interesting because I don't know about you, but with food, with the food industry, they tend to make their changes first. And then fashion sort of kind of interprets that as well. So with, let's say like blockchain, I was like doing this little uh, study at uni and they basically looked at blockchain in the food market first and then they specifically looked at like fishing and the fisher fishermen would like use that to like help source um yeah to like make sure brands understand their supply chain and exactly where the fish come from and they use blockchains to carry that information yeah so now fashion has also been like oh yep. their supply chain is not as transparent so we're going to be trying to look into blockchain to you know keep that keep that track so i think i always like think that yeah. fashion uh yeah fashion kind of treads after what we see in food yeah i think so too you know um they uh kind of like interesting but you know like like pesticides you know like they you know are used for you know the 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 fields for you know produce and stuff like that but they use the same pesticides for for fashion as well you know like the cotton and things that are grown you know they they have to obviously spray them and stuff like that so yeah there's a lot of um things in common there yeah and just before we leave off where can our listeners find you so the best place to find me right now is probably my Instagram. Uh, definitely my Instagram. <laughs> um, it's the period elephant room, one word. Um, I use that the most. Um, I have an in, uh, Etsy uh, linked on there, um, but I'm actually in the process of building a website. So um, I will have that on there as well. So for the time being, Instagram would be the best. Amazing. Well, thank you so much again for joining the Animal Animals podcast. I really enjoyed speaking with you and learning more about your work, your love for elephants, and I'm really excited to see what's next for the elephant room. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really nice talking to you. (laughs) So we may have stopped talking, but that doesn't mean you have to. Join us and the rest of the AA fam on our website at animaanimus.co.uk to connect and continue the conversation within our forum spaces please do drop me what your thoughts were on this episode you can even submit any voice notes ideas or stories that you'd like me to share on the show you can also find all the links we've mentioned in this episode in the show notes available on our website and i would be so so grateful if you could help me make this show become more discoverable for others by leaving a five-star review on your favorite episode and a social media handle i can contact you with because i would love to connect and thank you all personally i really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i did thank you so much again for coming through and for listening i really appreciate you joining this journey with me in driving discussions and creating positive industry change once again i want to send you all a mad mad love and until next week this was the anima animas podcast with chelsea now signing out